Hello and welcome to another edition of Video Games to the Max. I'm your host, Sean Garmer, and here with me as always, Mr. Mark Morrison. Howdy. And I'm doing it in a different location today that doesn't have as great internet, so I apologize if the stream has some issues. Hope not. But, uh, we'll see. Uh, we do have some things to talk about here. As we mentioned it last week, E3 is kind of on the teetering point. This week, it's officially canceled, so we got that to go on. Mark has played a lot more Resident Evil 4 remakes, so we got that to talk about. And, of course, there's a Street Fighter movie possibility news and some big news in not video game related stuff that we kind of sometimes talk about related to WWE that we'll, we'll get in here as well. So we got all that and more right after this. <music> You are listening to Video Games to the Max. All right. So just in case to get this out of the way, let's get this going with the housekeeping. If this is your first time listening or 100th time listening, we appreciate you. Uh, regardless, thank you for checking us out. Whether you check this out live on YouTube or on the Facebook, W2 Network on both, or later on Twitter, on the W2 Network Twitter or uh, Instagram or wherever. Uh, we're also on demand on YouTube. If you can't watch live, you can always watch later on YouTube. As soon as this show gets posted, it's on YouTube. And then, of course, you can also watch it on our, our Twitch later as well. And then if you subscribe, follow, like, all those things on, on YouTube, not only does it help us out, but you get everything else uh, that we do as part of the YouTube network. So uh, Todd the Cakey that apparently is deciding to do a WrestleMania-focused show uh, while we're doing this one that I had no idea we're doing, so good, look forward to that. Uh, we got uh, the Radless folks doing one of their movie reviews uh, as well that you'll be able to check out. They also do metal music that you can watch TV shows. They try to keep up with pretty much everything entertainment-related. So uh, if, you, if there's something that's been recently released that you're interested in, I'm sure we have a review for it over on the Radless side, which you can also listen to on podcasts. Just go subscribe to Radless and Broadcasting and listen to them. And, of course, you can listen to us on podcasts if you're one of those listen with your ears instead of watch with your eyes, people. And anytime there are anywhere there's podcasts, any any of those podcasters that you know and love, we are on there. Uh, you can go find us and subscribe, like, give us a review if you'd like, and that would be very helpful because that helps us move up the ranking. So, that's always great. So let's get started here. Uh, Mark, you're, I mean, uh, I've only been playing uh, the same kind of two games. Uh, I got further into Octopath Traveler 2. I think I'm halfway through everybody's chapter twos uh, yep. at this point and still very much enjoying the game. Uh, still very much loving the characters. Every time I do one of these chapters, I find out something uh, pretty neat about one of the characters and it kind of keeps making me want to continue on and play the game. Uh, so, and I really haven't, met, you know, gone through a story of one of these characters that I haven't enjoyed for, you know, one reason or the other. The most recent one I did was uh, Particio's. He's the merchant guy, and uh, it goes through where they, like, discover uh, the steam engine. So the guy that started the, the place where he grew up from uh, left and decided to go build steam engines, 
and then he goes and tries to track him down for other reasons that I won't spoil. And so you kind of get to learn some some inf- interesting stuff about steam engines and also just kind of go through his his story as well. Um, another one that I'm not like usually I'm not big on like the healers in those games, but the apothecary character has a really interesting story as well um, that I've quite enjoyed. So yeah, it's it's all good. Um, I just kind of slowly making my way through that game because it's there's a lot. Uh, and I played a lot more Have a Nice Death, which um, I've actually, you know, kind of warmed up to because I thought I was I was going to I was starting to get into that thing that usually happens with me in roguelikes where I'm like, ah, I'm not progressing and I think I'm just kind of not sure if I want to keep doing this. And right. finally was able to beat the it's not that I, I realized I was like, I think I'm just not being patient enough. And I was like, OK, let me watch what this boss does and then i was like wow that's that's all he does is a few like jumps and flies around and whatever and once i figured it out i beat him pretty quick and i got through like the next couple of worlds or whatever which one of them is a really cool like toxic waste looking thing with like imagine if like mcdonald's went through this like sludge dump and everything looked kind of like it it was in one of those things and all the enemies are like milkshakes and deformed burgers and and whatever it's uh pretty interesting uh just like a different kind of a looking uh kind of death i guess you could say um so that that i've enjoyed just progressing to that i'm probably just gonna uh go see if i can get further and then review that as well and then uh, see if i can get done with everything because Right now, I have a lull. All of the stuff I'm kind of interested in is coming out at the end of the month. Yeah. Well, for April, so and it all comes up, you know, kind of comes out, bam, 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 one after the other. So we'll see. I know you're, uh, which a lot of people got to to see this week, the Jedi Survivor two, or Jedi Jedi Survivor, the the second Jedi game, like that right. comes at the end of this month too. So, but all right, how was your? Trip, how much further are you in Resident Evil 4 Remake? I'm in Chapter 13. Uh, it's basically the st- like the game is basically broken into like three distinct areas. So this is like the start of the third area, the island area. Uh, I would pl- I would probably finish if I've been sick the past week, so I've been not entirely focused on it. Let's say, but yeah, yeah, I'm like I don't know, 13, 14 hours. I how do you feel about any changes that they made since? Uh... Uh, you know the original, or it's. I mean, it's mostly good. Like, I. I mean, it really does play like Resident Evil, like the Resident Evil Two or Resident Evil Three remake. Uh, except I don't think you can move in those games. I'm not entirely. I'd have to go back and look, but I think you might be able to. I'm not entirely sure. But yeah, you can move during when you like put your feet down, like ready your weapon. So that helps. The only thing that's that I don't like is they took out the 180 quick turn, which was kind of goofy, but was actually kind of helpful just to get around faster. But that's like the only like negative change I can think of. Everything else how is you, like good. How do you like the uh, breakable knife? That's fine. I mean, you, get, you do have a breakable knife, but you pick up other knives along the way, and then you can always repair the knife. So that's kind of a uh, non-factor. And I'm well on my way to collecting the unbreakable knife. So I'm yeah, sure that's... if I go through like, playthrough number two, it'll be a lot easier. <laughs> how is uh, the merchant and all the other characters? He sucks. That, you know, uh, he sucks. I mean, he's. He's fine, I guess, but they, they replaced the voice actor. To, like, he sounds less 
weird, like less like distinct. And now he just sounds like Australian. Like he sounds like uh, Kano from the Mortal Kombat movie, the original one. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. Uh, he has a shooting gallery, which I real really do not like. Uh, so the the negative thing about that game really is it has like ruined my PS5 controller. That game has like a lot of weird stick drift issues. Like I'll be on the map and it'll start zooming out, and I'm like I'm not touching anything. What what's going on here? Uh, and like other games won't have this issue. It's just Resident Evil two, Resident Evil four. Sorry, uh, like the item case will just kind of start moving moving by itself. And I'm like this this ain't normal. Yeah, that's and weird. It also uh, blew out my PS5 controller speaker. Oh damn! Yeah. So I'm thinking about sending a, a bill to uh, Capcom. Bill, you fix it, or you know. <laughs> so it it causes drifts. Like I don't know if it causes so it, but like it's so uh, sensitive that it happens. I mean, I'm sure the controller like there might be some drift, but like no other game I have causes notices that much anything. Drift, yeah, yeah. Or there's no way to like turn it down. Let's say right. So yeah, like this game, like anytime they go into the menu or into the map at all, it starts zooming out. And I'm like, I'm even if I like push it back to like normal, it'll start going like zooming out. Yeah. I'm like, what the hell's going on here? Uh is every, everything kind of out, you know, the inventory management, all that stuff stay the same. Just yeah, they they did add a really nice, helpful uh like auto sort to really like efficiently do it. Like the game just does it automatically, which I've used a few times, which is nice. Uh but yeah, so that same kind of like Tetris, or you know, the same kind of, you know, uh, rotating items to like fit them in correctly or stuff like that. Uh, yeah, they they combining like the the ammo crafting is really helpful. Like the I you can like make better herbs, like you always good, but now you can make new new ammo as well. So you pick up a lot of resources. I am like, I have never wanted for weapon for bullets in that game. And you've been like shooting pretty much it, oh yeah you, you're not like running away mostly you're mostly just shooting everything no in fact one of the bosses uh like one of the ch- one of the uh like act two bosses it's, it's against two of these giant guys and i mean i forgot how to, i remember that boss in the original game but you're with a guy named lewis and you're just uh you know shooting these things down and i basically yeah i have ammo on me to take them both down and then I got a trophy, like, oh, you beat the two giants without throwing them in the uh, blast furnace. And I was like, that's an option? <laughs> like, because I, I just burned them down. I saw that I had a ton, ton of ammo. One, one of the things you can do is customize your weapon case, your, your uh, you know, your inventory to, like, have different effects. Right. So one of them is, like, increase the amount of red herbs dropped. And the one I'm using is increase the amount of large resources dropped. Which is your rifle ammo? If you you can make rifle ammo out of it, so I have a ton of rifle ammo, and that's I mean it's a sniper rifle ammo, but I can one shot almost anything, so that helps. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm glad that you're uh, enjoying the game, and it seems like. All right, would you say you enjoy it more than the original? Uh yeah. Although I think there are some areas that have been cut out. I think I think the, the yeah lake, def- yeah has been pretty drastically reduced. I thought they said they made that more of a thing because in the original it was not I may be getting confused. Oh, I may be getting confused with Resident Evil 5. That, that's what I think I am. Yeah. Uh, there's, I mean, there's only like three or four areas to go in the lake. So 
I'm probably confused with the new of five because of the whole stupid boat section in that game. Also, that sucked. I know one thing they did was cut out like this one boss fight in Act Three, which like I was like, I I haven't, I haven't hit that boss fight in the game, but it's cut out anyway. But I'm like, I vaguely remember that guy, and I looked at the boss fight, and I'm like, yeah, it's good to cut it out because that that fight looks like a pain in the ass. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's interesting that they did like kind of switch things around too to kind yeah. of make it feel different where it's like that's one of those things that you don't think about when you're when you have remakes and stuff like that is hey let's uh let's kind of switch things around to make it interesting that's one of those things like i guess kind of similar to probably seven remake where it's like well not all this stuff happened in the same sequence but we kind of made it feel better that way so i mean the same story is like 90 percent there 95 percent there but it's nice in this game they can go back and go back to old areas to like get trophies or, or get treasures and stuff like that. Because I think in the original game kind of like blocked you off from doing. It. Yeah. So. Have yeah. you run into had to do anything with Ashley? Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I've well, she's she's trapped again, but now I'm trying to get the key card to go rescue her. Uh, I did her section, which is a lot easier in this game than the than the old one because in the old one it sucked really bad. Yeah, yeah, no no health meter, right? I was dreading that. No, she can still die, but she has like a section where like she's on her own with like a stupid like flashlight. Uh and it was just terrible. And this one isn't much better, but it's it's a lot shorter and easier, so that helped. Yeah. Yeah, I one of the I mean I've got a few game overs in that game, but the big the first one I got was like because of her. Because uh an enemy grabbed her and I started to take her away, and then I just like shot her. I shot him, oh. <laughs> and the bullet went through him and hit her. And the Dang. game did not like that. And I was like, okay. like, you have killed Ashley. Pretty, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I've stuck, to, I've stuck to like a few, like specific weapons, and then I'm the only really, like really using that. Well, uh, I'm sure that you'll probably be. Looks like you'll probably be close to done by the time. Yeah. I mean, I'll be finishing that by the end of the week, hopefully, and then write the review really quickly. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a really great. It's a really great game, or it's, it still holds up really well, even with built on the bone, like the structure of the old game. But that held up really well too. So yeah, yeah, that was one of those games that they keep porting it over to other things, and people keep playing it and keep talking I mean, about it. Then it's like, yo, they make this. They ported it to so. the PS4, and it's like, yo, that's an old game already. You know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, like Switch, you kind of expect, okay, those games are. Oh, they, it won't look that bad on Switch, but then yeah, exactly. You put it on PS4, on Xbox, and it's like, okay, this game's already old, and yeah. it already outsold the lifetime sales of the PS2 and GameCube versions in right. one week in the first couple days. Yeah, uh, it was pretty amazing to see like it's the second best-selling game already in like the first two or three days. Only like Resident Evil, I think six, beat it out. Um, yeah, which is pretty amazing. Uh, considering you know you did have you know Resident Evil Two remake and and all that stuff, so yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of curious. I mean, I, once I know this to go back to Resident Evil Three because I didn't finish that, I didn't play that much at all, and yeah. I got bored with it. And I think a lot of people did. Like that's kind of yeah. Like- there was a lot of people that were mad that they did that we t- we cut too much yeah out of that one compared to two and four. So I think they learned their lesson with three, where it's like okay, we can't go too far in one direction i think also because i think it wouldn't have felt as bad if they would have done what they wanted which was to release two and three together yeah and because they had to release them separately 
due to COVID and all that, I think that's kind of what made it feel worse because you really are supposed to kind of play them together and not right. uh, separately like that. So it's, it's let's see, because there's a lot of talk now of do they go back and remake the original remake before we go in, uh, you know, I, I know you want Code Veronica, which I think they've kind of said no to. Um, but why? You know, what's the problem with that one? Like that, that was at the time that was, a, I think the most highly reviewed Resident Evil game. Yeah. And it's weird because it's like, that kind of goes along with two as well. So like, why wouldn't you yeah. also remake that? So you have that whole segment of Resident Evil remade in that engine. Very nice. Like I, Resident Evil 1 is it's old itself, just like the GameCube. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Resident Evil 4. So it would be due for a remake at this point if they wanted to do it like modern and kind of have more of that, which I've really appreciated with these new remakes. They've they've had more connective tissue. Uh yeah. so if they do that with this one, you'll definitely have all of that. Um interesting that they don't even mention like redoing Resident Evil Zero at all. Yeah, no, so, no one cares about that one. So yeah. No. I, I, I just mean, hope they don't go and remake five because there's no need for that. People said that about four, and you know they proved them wrong. I think if they did five now, it'd be it'd probably be pretty fun with the co-op nature of it. Yeah, true, but uh, I don't know. I think like Code Veronica deserves to be first if you're yeah, one of those for sure or one before and eighty-five. Code Veronica, I mean that, that kind of was passed around as well. I ported over, but not to too many systems, right? Compared to like four and. That's the game that at moment at the, you know, at present needs needs the most updating. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's the thing is like, I'm very surprised that, you know, they have kind of been like just poo pooing that. But yeah, do Code Veronica, maybe do Zero if you want to after that, and then go to go do five. Yeah, uh, we'll see. And then completely if... remake six. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, you know, they, whole, they do have game. to do. Is, yes, very, very much true on that. I mean, they do have to do nine at some point. Yeah. So will they announce another remake or will they announce nine in the time being? I'd imagine they're already working on nine, uh, even yeah. though that's going to be totally new because supposedly that DLC for Village ends the whole Ethan Winters thing. So right, you're going to have a different protagonist in that one. Another Chris Redfield adventure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why not? He's only 55 years old now, but he's still going along. Exactly. And he's the, still... The Shane McMahon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's still doing his thing and shooting up people and looking badass while he does it. Yeah. But all right. Um, that's it for us talking about games. You know, oh, no, no. You play? Oh, wait. I, what? I played something else. Uh, what else was, have you I was really bored one day. I mean, I was still playing Resident Evil 4, but I was like, I should, try, I should look at this at some point. I played Marvel's Avengers. Oh gosh! Okay, did you play the single player or you played the? Uh, at first, yeah. it launched me into like the, like it the map is like the mission selection is terrible because like launches you into like the post game or the post sto- single player story and it's like, wait a second, why'd you do this? I'm like I haven't played the single player story. Yeah, this seems dumb. Like I had to like dig into menus to figure out what the single player is, and then yeah, I didn't I didn't even play a bunch of Kamala. Like I'm I played like twenty minutes of it or like a half hour or maybe mm-hmm. an hour. But Hulk, or I'm sorry, Iron Man seemed okay, Thor seemed fun, and everyone else seemed like a bummer to play, especially Hulk. Like, I, he... Oh, that's like, sad to hear. Punching, like, he jumps so anemically, like, 
it's like this is the Hulk. Like he should be like bounding over buildings. Exactly. Not, you know, I he has he has uh you're on the Golden Gate Bridge, it's getting all fucked up, and you have to like jump between cars, like on like the sides of trucks and shit like that. And I failed like six times because he just did not have enough height to like jump between these areas. And I'm like, this is the way this is where he's supposed to go, but like he doesn't have enough height to do this. So this is terrible. Right. Like, no wonder, like, this got, you know, not uh, banned, but, like, got heavily criticized when it came out. Because, like, yeah, this is not fun. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, that's the thing. It's, like, everybody's, like, lauded the single player, but then everything else was, like, uh... Yeah, like, combat know. just did not seem fun at all. Or, except for Thor and Iron Man, which, you know, when that game came out initially, you could only play, like, one hero... Or like being parties with like one hero apiece. Like exactly. Yeah, you could. It's like yeah. Wow. Okay. That would that that must have been a real mess. Then. So you got to find the one that wants to play as this character that's not great in this game, but yeah, go for it. Right. But yeah, that's that's all I've been playing then. <laughs> all right. Well, let's get into the news here, and might as well start with the what feels like the inevitable. The cans official cancellation of E3 by Reed Pop. I none nobody should be surprised. The way this thing has been going, it has just been very suspicious the entire time. They've never come out and said, Hey, this is who's actually going. Yeah. And this is who you can expect there. And and you, here are some of the booths that are gonna be there. Uh they did do the whole you know, put out the thing to get press evaluated and who could get approved to go. There were some people that got approved. Like I know Outer Haven had already gotten approved and some other people as well. Easy allies said they had gotten approved and everything. And then all of a sudden we start hearing the stories of, Oh, Ubisoft will be there if there is an E3. And then next thing you know, Ubisoft is not there. And then Summer Game Fest kind of like quote tweets them, even though they don't really officially say that they're part of Summer Game Fest. I guess they kind of are. And then Sega and Tencent this week were like, yep, we're not going to be there either. And it's like, well, who is going to be there? Just like I think we talked about last week, is this going to be just basically a glorified PAX with uh, some indies and maybe like Embracer Group is the, the biggest, you know, people there. And... I kind of don't blame Reed Pop at this. You've also got to have enough there to get people to want to fly out and go there. Yeah, it's okay for these outlets that are already in LA and it's just like taking a a bus ride or or whatever and they, they'll just go over there or the big company's paying. But if you're going to get a bunch of these outlets that are going to go on their own dime, there's other things to go do in LA, namely, uh, you know, Jeff Keeley's thing. They're going to go do that instead because... Yeah. You just had packs. Like, why would you want to pay all that money to go to another pack? So, yeah, it just, it's sad again uh, to see this, that, you know, the the legendary name of gaming conventions, gaming industry events is seemingly gone. And there seems to be no way to bring it back in a way that befits what is needed right now. Uh, you know, the ESA would have to really take a hit as far as like how much they charge and kind of bend over backwards to get people there. And then when you already know you're not going to have the big three, 
uh, and you got somebody else that seems determined to, even though he won't say it directly, he seems determined to make sure that you are not the big dog anymore. Yeah. That's a lot of things going against you. You know, I, I know Jeff Keeley came out and, you know, tried to be, uh, I guess you could say diplomatic about it. Like, oh, yeah, E3 meant so much to me. But, hey, Summer Game Fest, it's happening. Don't forget. Like, And then I know. crushed it under my boot. <laughs> yeah, like, you might as well just, exactly have made an emoji of somebody stomping, you know, stone cold stomping a, a mud hole in E3 or something. Like, that's that's pretty much what he's he's trying to insinuate at this point. I'm not saying that's what he wanted, but he obviously, he said it himself, I made Summer Games Fest because I know E3 was lacking something and I'm trying to bring what E3 lacks and well e3 the problem with e3 was that it seemed like the esa like they seemed very well yeah incommunicative and unwilling to update over the past you know several years and like their big innovation was like letting the public in but it's like that doesn't help like if anything yeah that that, that hurts <laughs> so exactly you already have that with gamescom you had that with pax like you have that with other industry events like e3 Look, I get I'm not saying that it's only special because press got to go or whatever, but you it didn't feel as it's crowded, but you feel like you can still do enough things. Um now obviously that thing changed since the only time I got to go. So I can't really comment on what it was like, you know, all the other years after I went, but it is something that I hate for people coming up, you know, um and so many of our other colleagues that are younger that will never get to experience what that was uh, at the height of its zenith and be able to say, Oh, I went to an E3 and experience the things that are there in LA around it and everything else. It's like, are we ever going to, is summer game fest going to be able to bring everybody together? I don't know. It's more of like, okay, we have the quote unquote press conferences still that happened before E3. Uh, You know, Ubisoft is doing their thing around that time. Xbox is doing their thing around that time. It looks like Sony might do theirs like a week before so they can have their own, you know, time to shine and whatever. They don't want Summer Games Fest trying to leech onto them, which I understand. Yeah. Uh, you know, Sony's big enough. They don't need that. Uh, we don't know if Nintendo's going to do a June thing or not because they're, they're still going to be living in uh, Tears of the Kingdom land. And they may not have a whole lot to really show for the rest of the year. I'm sure we will get whatever they're post summer stuff is but they may not be in a rush to really make sure that they have a direct for june if they're not ready you know uh so that's the thing is like that was what was cool about e3 is that everybody came together for this one week event and and for one week you got to know everything that was going on and now it's like spread out over a bunch of time and it's these little bitty things every day. Uh, you get the big ones here and there, but it doesn't feel like, oh, let's go to the Summer Games Fest show floor and here's all the stuff that's here and uh, like play all these games and talk to. That's another thing that was really cool is like going to. I know people that are not uh, writers or part of Games Journal care about this part at all. And I'm sorry if you don't. Uh, but I am going to talk about it from that perspective because that's the perspective that we have is it's awesome to be able to go to the floor and be able to talk to all these different PR people and be known that way and not just be this faceless person through an email. 
right. and like have the access to talk to developers right there. Things that separate you from anybody, you know, everybody has one of these, you know, everybody has one of these gaming podcasts, bro. We're not, we're not special in any way in that way. Like everybody can start one of these, talk about, you know, games the way you want to talk about and talk about the news and everything. Your experience is your experience, but it's a, it's a thing to be able to go to an event, be wear the badge for your site or whatever that you write for and be able to be like, Hey, this is, I'm Sean from such and such place. Uh, what game are you working on? And then get to write about that game and say, I went there that you're not going to get the trailer for uh, the tears of the kingdom, 10 minute gameplay. And that's all you're going to get. Like you do now, you can actually go like what would happen with Jedi survivor and say, oh, this is my experience of playing that game. This is what I thought. And, like, you get that for a whole week. Yeah, you can still get that at PAX and everything. But it's, like, it's all of this thing, all these things together. Like, all these things that happened because there was an E3. And there was this developer talked to this developer. And now they decided to make a game together and and stuff like that. That There's a lot of companies that don't go to PAX. Like, a lot of the Japanese devs don't go, right? Um it was surprising to see Square Enix went, you know, to show off Final Fantasy 16 or whatever. Uh, you know, GDC well, is more of a developer's thing. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say Square Enix kind of makes sense, though, because of all the uh, cosplay that goes on. Right, yeah. No, plus they have a big game to show off. So Right. I mean, and that's the thing, too. Like, E3 used to be you just bring all the stuff you're going to put out for the rest of the year and maybe, like, six months after that. Now it's like, okay, well, you're going to – you maybe have, like, one game that you're bringing – and that's it. And do you need to play f- a big money for a booth for that? Not really. You're yeah. going to show that whenever you feel like it. And that's it, right? So, unfortunately, um, I wish that uh, we didn't have to. And thank you, Rod, for the kind words. Uh, I wish we didn't have to see the fact that E3 is going away. I, I don't know. It just I just feel, I don't feel the same vibe from Summer Games Fest that I do no. from E3 right now. Because it just seems like, like PAX, you know, with Jeff Keighley doing it, or you know, it just seems like who care, you know. It feels an like an thing. extension of the Game Awards, honestly. Yeah, it's like okay, here's another thing where we show a bunch of trailers and whatever, and then oh, here's another. Pr-. But then it's like every day, every hour, we have some thing. And then there's other stuff like the mixed stuff, the wholesome stuff, the freedom games, the the other like indie stuff that's like by themselves that Summer Games Fest doesn't want to claim. And then right. it's like, it's just too, it's so much. It's so much that like when you had E3, it was, okay, here's the press conferences like a couple of days before. And then, okay, here's like four things. And it was cool when G4 got to go because they showed they had every day they they would actually go around and show stuff on the floor. Giant Bomb had their couch, you know, that they right. did stuff from. Like now they, they didn't have the couch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You just it's just not not the same. I mean, maybe it will get there one day, right? He still has like the judges week thing where you can go early and play games and things like that. At least the people that get selected. Also, he kind of needs to. He doesn't have like the. Oh, go get approved for Summer Games Fest thing. Right now, it just feels like, well, if you're one of the lucky few that I happen to know, you might get to buddy go. with. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like right now, it doesn't feel like, 
oh, this is open for everybody. It feels like this is still very selective, even more than E3 was. Right. Um, and E3 was very open. There Later on, it started getting very selective because at one point it got so big that it was just like, oh, we're not even doing a vetting process anymore. Everybody and their mother is going. And it got so huge that, like, you're going, why are you even here? Like, what what position do you have anywhere? And it's like, oh, lonely GameStop employee coming because no reason at all. You know, like... Well, I mean, uh, that's always been E3, though. Yeah. But, you know, and then adding in the people, like you said, it's cool that everybody gets to go and have that experience. But, like, number one, you're charging them a ridiculous amount of money for them to go. And then two for the lines that they have to wait in and everything, it it doesn't feel worth it, you know, for them to be showing up for that either. But um, Reed Pop did not seem very uh, happy. They didn't seem very like quick to go. Oh yeah, don't worry, we'll be here next year. Uh, they they were very hesitant to say anything regarding that. So I think we might be able to officially say that E3 might be dead, folks, unless somebody just takes it under its wing and says, okay, we're revamping this entire thing. But everybody seems to kind of be okay with Jeff Keighley running the show right now. So until you get somebody else that says, oh, you know what? I want to revive the E3 name and we're just going to do what Jeff Keighley did years ago for E3. I think that name is is gone. It's it's part of the past, part of the legacy of the gaming industry. So it's like Tokyo Game World or... Uh... Tokyo, yeah, Tokyo PBS. Game Show, yeah, still exists, but it's nowhere near the the huge thing it used. To, or uh, no, I was saying, uh, I was saying right. Space World, Nintendo's thing. Yeah, oh, that's right. Yeah, Nintendo Space World. I I don't know. Did you watch? I meant to watch it. And I did not watch any of that uh, Tears of the Kingdom gameplay thing. I don't care. Yeah, you know, like personally. So I'm sure the game will come out and it'll get tens across the board, uh, but they'll be overinflated. <laughs> yeah. I, I see. I'm the, I'm the one of the few guys who really didn't like Breath of the Wild that much. So them leaning further into that is like, okay, this is turning me off more than. So good job. Yeah. You know, like it's, it very much seems like, okay, if you really enjoyed, to, uh, you know, Breath of the Wild, you're gonna like this. Right. Uh, the, but it's like, okay, what happens if you didn't like Breath of the Wild? Well, go fuck yourself, you know, or <laughs> well, or go play one of the other Zelda games that exist. That's, yeah. But, you know. Go look up Darksiders, see how that treats yeah. you. <laughs> right. Um, you know, go play the Minish Cap on the Nintendo Switch Online. or I will. Or, That's a good right? game, though. <laughs> I mean, it is. Uh, go, uh, when it, it feels inevitable that we're going to get the Twilight Princess and Wind Waker HD yeah. ports. So whenever those come out, go, go play those. Whenever those shadow uh, drop, and it's like, it's out yeah. now. It's like, what? <laughs> Exactly. It's out now. Go go play it now. Uh so yeah. It is it is what it is with E3. Uh Nintendo is gearing up for something else. Uh reviews are in for the Mario movie. It seems like it's really good. I'm excited to I'm gonna go on Saturday to watch it, so we'll definitely have uh some uh, thoughts on it next do you know when you're are you gonna go? I'm or? probably gonna see it like next Monday because a friend wants to see it. So Okay. All right. Well, I don't know. We'll We'll see how that goes. Um, yeah, I'm sure it'll be good. Or you know, I don't think the reviews are out though. No, there are people that have got that went to the premiere that already okay. you know are gushing about it or whatever, saying it's like a love letter to Mario. And there's yeah. uh, 
Easter eggs upon Easter eggs. Very appropriate that it's out on Easter weekend right? Uh, as well. So uh, they had to move it up because uh, Nintendo didn't realize that it was Good Friday in, in the States here. So, yeah. <laughs> but either way, I'm sure that people will go on Friday, Saturday, and probably even Sunday. Uh, I might even do that. I might go Saturday night uh, with uh, co-workers and then take an eye on Sunday because I'm sure I'm going to enjoy I will want to watch it again. Right. So, yeah, that's uh, something to look forward to for sure for this week. Uh, speaking of, I did want to watch the Tetris movie, but I didn't get time. I was going to try to do it while I was doing my OT, but then I was like, oh, yeah, the TV's behind me. It's very difficult for me to like be constantly turning around trying to watch it, but I've heard a lot of good things. So yeah. next week, we might have a review of that as well uh, for sure. But uh, speaking of movie things, uh, what do you know, Mark? Another gaming franchise is possibly going to be turned into a television show or even both a movie as legendary. Uh, the iconic studio is got the rights to both a TV show and film rights as well. So uh, if you're too young to remember the Jean-Claude Van Damme-led uh, Street Fighter movie, uh, probably better that you don't. But um, I I don't know. How do you feel about that movie? Was it? It's, you know, it's a bad adaptation and it's kind of a bad film, but yeah. the, you know, some of the casting is pretty spot on, but it's a very misdirected or misguided film because it's based, it's, you know, it's, it's Guile's film. So who cares about yeah. him? Yeah. It's like Guile is not, he's like one of those tiers behind the, the other guys that you normally would care about when it comes to, uh, yeah, the, the, uh, you know, the, Street the, Fighter. The, the character select starts with Ryu. It doesn't start with Guile. So right, Ryu, Ken, and Bison. Uh, you know, uh, even Chun Li. Uh, so uh, Blanca would probably be maybe higher tier in that. But we'll see how they would even do it. Um, I mean, it, is it that hard to just replicate the anime movie? I guess not. Right? They do have that to go off of. They have those anime movies that are pretty well done. The only uh, problem so, is. Uh, I imagine in today's climate that Chung Lee fight scene would not go over too well. But oh yeah, I'm sure. Uh, or the shower scene. Not that I meant, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so even though I'm sure they will probably have something like you know they got to do fan service somewhere probably. Right. But I, I'm not gonna pass judgment, right? Um, obviously, they're trying to feed off the hype that is happening right now with Street Fighter Six coming in a couple of months now. And yeah. why not? Why not get people hyped to the, the possibility that there could be a Street Fighter movie, a Street Fighter series? Uh, how many how many of these big uh, franchises are going to you know have series in the works or have movies in the works already? Uh, so this is kind of just another one in the line of who knows, I guess, if this is going to get made or not. But... I don't get made because look at all the crap that's been greenlit like, like lately. But yeah, and it's a big enough name to you know. Plus, to, Mortal Kombat so, had a movie not too long ago, so why not? Right. Have Street Fighter have one? I mean, do you think that it can be good? Like, it has to focus on Ryu for it to be. No, let us introduce some new white guy, generic white guy in the in the lead role. He's the true oh, Street Fighter. He's not. He's descended from Ryu somehow. No, I think, I mean, Ryu is kind of the archetypal main character, though, so you kind of have to focus on it. Yeah. Or at least maybe Ken. 
I mean, I'm sure you're going to get the cameos from the other ones, the other like, known entities in the series and everything else. Um, right. It's, I think it's how much do you play on like having the cameos, having the flashbacks, and then finding a story that makes sense also. Uh, because I think it's different when you have, say, like a Mario or Sonic where you can kind of play around with what the story is. Whereas I think Street Fighter is like, Okay, this is a fighting game. It kind of has to be a bit serious, you know? Man, not necessarily. Uh, it'd be nice if it was, but I, yeah. I think they're going to introduce a whole bunch of, like, stupid comedy crap into it. Yeah. It just, I think that's one part that, like, that original Street Fighter movie was just, it made sometimes too much fun of itself. Right. Uh, it's, it's very uh, of its time, I guess yeah. you could say. So having it coked out, you know, John Claude Van Damme didn't help matters. Yeah, much. no, obviously, <laughs> that too. But hey, we'll see if we ever get an actual announcement of directors and writers and cast members and whatever down the line if this ever gets figured out. But uh, hopefully, Capcom goes on board and, and does something with it. It'd be cool to see, right? Well, one company that is happy about something and then also not very happy about a, lo- a few things uh this week activision blizzard got the merger approved by japan uh with uh, microsoft so that's a positive but then they got a bunch of other not so positive things uh one from the united states for the ftc and the justice department are filing a civil lawsuit on behalf of a professional esports league players uh, due to suppressed wages and other, like, just not great things that Activision apparently did. Uh, according to uh, some reports, they apparently told, uh, like, the league that they there's a competitive balance tax that you're going to get penalized if player competition exceeds a threshold that was set by Activision. Um, this is for both the Overwatch and Call of Duty leagues, by the way. Uh, not great. Yeah, that seems um, dumb. Like, make your team intentionally shitty so you don't get penalized. It's like, what? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like, your players are basically the whole point. Yeah. So if you don't pay them well enough, like, what incentive do they have to just want to be in this? Like, you're just, I mean... That's another reason yeah. why the Overwatch Gaming League is going so strong right now. Exactly. It's uh, Supposedly, according to Activision Blizzard, they said that they wanted to create a viable career opportunity for players regarding requiring minimum salaries and mandatory benefits as part of the player contracts. Uh, we wanted our products to be competitive, so we carefully designed and implemented the competitive balance tax. Um, so basically, you're creating parity on purpose. But it's not in the same way that you would do with like a sports league, right? Where they have a salary cap because this is more based on like a team. It's not just individuals where you can literally get the best players because you can pay them the most. I guess in a way you could do that with these, but I don't know. I think there's still like region based issues that you have. There's still. I think there's more, um, there's still skill involved, obviously, but right. I don't think it's the same as when you're 
competitive in a in a sports environment as opposed to this. But yeah, I mean, whatever Activision that you want to, you know. I mean, the the, I, the sentiment is kind of okay, but it's like, well, shouldn't that be on you, unless in the league, or you know, since you're the one who wants to mandate this, like minimum salary thing. All right, you pay it. <laughs> yeah, it's like. Basically, the antitrust division decided that they were trying to protect workers, which, hey, fair to them. Uh, they definitely should. You yeah. know, those they deserve to get paid more if if they should be, uh, especially if you're on one of the better teams and not have to, like, pay them less because of that. I mean, it's why we see now the NFL doesn't have that, but the NFL is the NFL. Uh, a lot of the other leagues have, like, a luxury tax or other things that, like, you can break the cap or whatever to sign who you want, but you're just going to pay more money and, you know, deal with that on your own. Yeah. Uh, And even then it, you know, you still play the games, right? Even it doesn't mean that because you paid the most money, your team automatically wins. Right. Uh, And the same goes for this as well. You know, so I think they should have kind of let things play out and see how it went before you're instituting this competitive balance tax. Right. But whatever, Activision Blizzard is paying for this now. Yep, I guess, and with another lawsuit, which they don't need when they're trying to get this this merger through, and it doesn't help that it's the FTC, which is the one lone standout that seems very insistent on making a a big deal out of this. Yeah. Um. Also, Blizzard's in the news because. Remember that thing with NetEase where they pulled all the games out of China because yep. they couldn't come to another deal? Well, apparently it might have to do with the fact that Bobby Kotick felt threatened. NetEase CEO William Ding was going to try to make a meal out of this, very similar to Jim Ryan, and try to get China to not put through the Activision Blizzard merger. Yeah. And I think he, due to you know, them having to talk with translators, I think he also might have... Uh, insulted Kotick as well, which doesn't help, you know. So they just decided, okay, well, we're just gonna pull this from China because they're just they, you know, Kotick and them felt that they were just being a holes, I guess, out of the whole thing. Yeah, it's not like China. Ha- China has a small, has a big gaming uh, population or anything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, at the end of the day, you're hurting your Chinese, your your players in China, and. Uh, I, I kind of get NetEase in a way. They're trying to see what they can get Activision for. Uh, yeah. But I would I would think that Microsoft, whenever this deal finally goes through, is going to rectify this. because Obviously, like they don't the next, want... The next day, yeah. Yeah, they don't want a big contingent of people not being able to play the games. Right. Uh, especially when Diablo 4 might already be out uh, by then. They're definitely going to want them playing. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's that's the thing is like it seems like you get good news and bad news with this whole thing we'll we'll see uh what keep, keeps going as as things head into a certain direction it still feels like the ftc is going to hold out as much as possible with this so it's it's just kind of one of those wait and see things uh at this point with with that whole thing yeah uh that being said xbox does kind of it does only exclusive rights to arc 2 uh, that's coming out on Game Pass day one. Uh, but then all of a sudden, you know, there was people wondering, like, why has nobody been talking about Arc 2? Like, why have we not heard much about Arc 2? And then all of a sudden, there's a, you know, just a tweet released of 
Oh, Arc 2 is delayed till 2024, by the way. And then you find out that not only are they working on Arc 2, they're working on a remaster of Arc 1, and they're going to put it on the new consoles, August 2023. It won't be free. If you have it on Xbox or PC, you can buy it for 50 bucks, and it also includes Arc 2, um, even though it's going to be on Game Pass, so you technically wouldn't have to buy it. But if you wanted to buy Arc 1 Remastered, you have to buy this bundle, probably. Or why would you pay 40 bucks for just one game when you can get both for 10 more dollars? And then the PS5 version, you can only buy it uh, for 40 bucks. And then the thing that's really weird and another kind of tip against this whole like live service uh, sort of thing is, oh yeah, if you have the first Arc 1, the regular Arc 1, as soon as this remaster comes out, you won't be able to play Arc 1 anymore. Yeah. That's just really shitty. There's but... some survival game that did this a few years ago. Like, they, they had a, a decently decently popular survival game, and they made a sequel that was, like, terrible. And they wanted everyone to, like, transfer to that one instead, and then that flamed out. And they had to quickly resurrect the original one because people were so pissed. I see this happening, in, you know, very, very soon to this. Yeah, this is... This may kind of obviously go away because you're waiting for that Arc 1 remaster to come out and everything. But as soon as that game hits and the servers actually go down, you know that that is going to be some really bad discourse that's going to be happening. Yeah. And, you know, hey, thank you for popping in and saying hello. It's uh, cool to see uh, folks just popping in and saying hi and, and watching us live here. It's it's interesting to me that, like, why would you do this right now? Oh, when you're announcing that there's a delay for your next game that people want to... And then you're telling them, oh, yeah, if you paid for your... Like, why wouldn't you give them a free upgrade, at least? Right. Like, wouldn't that smooth things over if you're saying, okay, anybody that bought the original game, if you can prove that you bought it, wherever store you bought it from, will give you a free upgrade. Why on earth would you? I mean, okay, I get why you want to make money, but it's like you know what's going to happen here. Yeah, I just can't think of. I don't. I just don't understand why in the day and age that we live in, with with things being so digital and all that, how we can just go. Oh yeah, well we can't afford to give people that already bought our game some kind of discount. Like okay, ten bucks, whatever. No. You just got to pay 40 bucks to, to get the game again. It's like, right. Yo, I mean, damn, you know, that's, that's, that's not cheap. I mean, yeah, you're giving them, if you have it on Xbox or PC, you're basically giving away the second game, whatever. But yo, I mean, that's just, it's just so wrong. I hate seeing that shit. I, do you see like any justification for this other than, okay, well, we really don't want arc one to exist anymore. Why? You know, that, not really, because it's like, what's the problem? I mean, I guess you got to pay uh, Vin Diesel his, his money, but... Yeah, I mean, like, I get why you want to make a remastered version, right? Because you want people to be able to go into Arc 1 and then kind of transition easily into Arc 2 and it kind of have that same, like, look and feel or whatever. But it's like, yo, there's a lot of people that are going to have played that original game that would just want to hop into Arc 2. And then, like, you're telling them, oh, I can't even go back to my original game. I can't. Do we even know if we can use the the save from the original game? Like, do I have to restart everything that right. I did? 
Like this is a survival game. Like, don't you want to like keep going with the what you were doing already? I mean, I, did you play this? I don't. I never uh, Ark. Really, I played yeah. it for like I don't know five minutes, and that was okay, about it. Well, that's something I guess. Um, but yeah, I just I like to point these out when it happened because it goes to show that if you're one of those that believes that your game is gonna last forever, especially if it's one of those like living world kind of thing, the gaming. The, the the whole gaming industry continues to show you that it's not. Right. So enjoy your things while you have them because you may not have them, you know, always, uh, for sure. Yeah. But, hey, at least we know that the PS5 uh, is doing pretty well. Uh, the PS5 broke the PlayStation sales records uh, in February, uh, smashing the PS4's global sales record the first three months of a calendar year. And I think breaking also the ps2s uh as well which is insane um crazy to see that like a month after they tell you that oh hey they're available everywhere you can get a ps5 now we start seeing all these records and we start seeing ps5 selling like crazy i guess yeah no surprise right like i mean it's better than the uh psvr2 yeah definitely better than the psvr2 uh which is not I, I don't know we'll have to discuss that um but just want to bring this up really quick uh no surprise Hogwarts legacy is the most uh, best-selling game of february yeah uh really glad to see octopath traveler 2 uh crack the top 10 and that also doesn't include uh nintendo switch digital cells which i'm sure there were a lot of those like a dragon Ishin and wild hearts is up there too eight and nine so that's pretty cool to see as well. But remember, just because it charts one month, as we saw before it's spoken, does not mean that it's actually going to have these great sales numbers, but we'll see. Um, everything else is as you'd expect uh, for games. And, you know, I guess there's also the Last of Us Part 1 that's busted on PC. Yeah, you know. that's a bummer. <laughs> that is, yeah, that's a bummer. But speaking of PSVR 2, which is the other Sony big thing that released in February... It's only sold like 270,000 units so far, which, okay, in about a month, is that terrible? No, but it's probably also not what Sony wants. Right. But to be fair, it's only sold through the PS store online. So, well, in this country anyway, right? I don't know. In other countries, I think it is on the shelves. Uh, I'm like, what is your, I mean, both of us didn't really have spectacular thoughts on it i know we had kyle on to talk about it and he gave his thoughts he did say if you already had a ps5 and you like vr it's worth investing in but it's definitely not something that you pay 1200 dollars for i mean what is your take on the whole like should we still be waiting and seeing i mean it's only a month or are we ready to cast dispersions and the sky was, is falling and i was ready to do that when they announced the price so yeah yeah i mean that I mean, price that is whoosh. The high price doesn't help. Obviously, it doesn't help. But the fact that it's on stores that, like, there's no games for it out on stores. So people, people mm -hmm. don't even know what it is. And, you know, we know one dude that has it, and that's it. Yeah, I mean, I know I know several people that have it. But the thing is, I know the people that I know have it are people that would need it because they plan on reviewing games for it. They work in industry. I don't know a lot of just GQ gamer that wants to go buy this thing right and then also like again we live in a world where like just buying the ps5 is a big deal right like 
oh, then you're telling me I got to spend another PS5 to buy this thing that there's not a lot of hit games for it right now. Uh, the best yeah. games are, you can just buy them on the PS5 by itself, uh, Gran Turismo 7 and, and uh, Resident Evil Village, and then eventually Resident Evil 4 Remake, whenever that gets put on there. But, like, you know, there are other less or more cost-effective options if you want VR, uh, and you don't have to buy a PS5 for it. You know? Yeah. Uh, so uh, it just, look, I get it. It's about the specs and all this stuff that the PSVR 2 has, and that's all fine and dandy, but you got to remember, you're trying to make PSVR 2 be the thing that people want that, that helps bring VR into the mainstream a little bit, that helps uh, get us closer and closer to that, oh, people are doing VR in a lot of different places. It's not going to do that with the price that it's at. Um, so I definitely think that if there's ever a price drop for this, and also like an actual killer app game, because Call, Call of the Mountain is not it. Right. Uh, you know, like I said, I don't know if that's going to be an Astrobot 2 or some other kind of game that's like exclusive to the for one, I think it has to be exclusive. Uh, I don't I don't know that it can be on. You can also get it on the quest. Uh, and then, I, I mean, I see a lot of people talk about like, if you want to be able to have PC ports, but why wouldn't you allow this to be usable on the PC as well? You know, wouldn't you have like a yeah. They want to tie it into the PS5 ecosystem, only you know, only right. But I mean, like we're seeing what the Steam Deck does for getting people to buy more games on Steam that would just decide, to, oh, I'm going to buy it on my Switch or I'm going to buy it on my console. Right. Like I think they probably. I mean, obviously the PSVR2 is way in development at that. Point. I don't know if they could. They could announce something right at some point and go, oh, we're going to make this work with your with your PC. Uh, down the line, you know, months down the line, or I mean, whatever. They never did it the PSVR one, right? But the PSVR one sold what five million units. They didn't necessarily have to, right? Right. Uh, there's more VR stuff out there now. They don't. You don't need a PSVR two to to understand or enjoy what VR is. Yeah. Whereas the PSVR one, it was kind of a novel thing. It was kind of like, oh, hey, I have a PS4. Cool, I can go buy this and kind of enjoy VR. You know, now if I had space in my house, would I actually consider getting an Oculus 2? Sure, why, why not? I definitely don't know if I'm going to spend the money it would take to get the PSVR 2. Right. So, yeah, I, I definitely think this is going to be one of those, like, number one, you need to get it in stores because people need to be able to play this thing. VR, you can try to demo it, but it does not demo well. You need to get people to actually have the thing on their head and see what it is for yeah. themselves. Yeah, I've seen people that have no interest in VR at all. They put the headset on and they go, holy crap, wow, I'm playing a game here? Like, oh, I want to play a game. I want to experience this more. I want more of this. Okay, I'm going to go buy this, right? Like, I have a friend at work. He is not a gamer at all. His kid did not have any gaming consoles. They bought an Oculus Quest 2. His kid's hooked on the Oculus. Everything he plays is through. So, like, it can work. You just, you know, you can't just have it stuck on an online store. And then, it, much like the Steam Deck, and it's like only the hardcore of the hardcore are going to buy this thing. Like, not going right. to work like that. Yeah. It's just not. Uh, you, If you're Steam and you don't care how many of these things you sell, then sure. Or Valve, I'm sorry. But, like, Sony obviously cares how many of these things they sell. So, yeah. 
Too bad they're like locked, you know, it's locked up on an online storefront only. So, I mean, I don't know what they have to do to get it into stores. Like, is it that these stores don't want it, or is it they just don't want to do the legwork, or they were worried about it just sitting on shelves? I don't know. But, well, I know the Oculus Quest 2 like hit a massive sales dump or sales drop off for this holiday, right? So, well, didn't they raise the price also? Not to this extent, because <laughs> yeah, kept... but still, like raising it a hundred dollars is still raising it a hundred dollars. And but to lose like ninety five percent of your sales, yeah, no, that's crazy. That, that doesn't correlate. You know, if they raised it a thousand dollars, and yes, it would correlate, but not that yeah. much. <laughs> but I think it got to the point where everybody that wanted to have an Oculus Quest Two got one already, right? Like. Uh, and there really wasn't these like hit games that people were going, oh man, I got to play this on VR. Yeah. You know? So there's that as well. I, I don't know if PSVR 2 is going to pick back pick up at all. If they ever release a game that people are super hyped for that comes out for it, uh, maybe. But right now, it kind of seems to just be doing okay. Uh, something kind of unexpected though is uh, Sega released this uh free sonic murder mystery game on steam i'm surprised you didn't i had i didn't play it but it adds my account yeah it's a neat idea Uh, i mean yeah yeah, i mean it is a point and click visual novel right uh it's not like you know a sonic game so (laughs) and it's apparently happens on amy's birthday so uh just to get you always wanted Mm -hmm. right exactly um i i guess it could be cool right so like Go through and and well, it's have nice a different. They're treating Sonic with the reverence he he normally deserves, right? I mean that they just let somebody make a Sonic game, right? It's like you don't see this very often. Yeah. Uh, so it's cool that Sega allowed this and it exists. Even if they charge like ten bucks for it, it wouldn't be bad. It's it's cool that this is there. No, free know? free is definitely the way to go. Yeah. No, I agree, but I'm saying like even if they did charge something for uh, bad. Yeah. Uh, at least they're not charging you like sixty bucks to go. Yet, uh, yet, but I don't think they will. Surprisingly, also, Vampire Survivors won Best Game at the Baftas. Uh, God yeah. of War Ragnarok was nominated for like fourteen awards and only won six. And I think uh, one of them was animation, audio achievement, and two of the the acting best performance and all that. Yeah. Um, but man, surprising that I mean it did win like the fan game of the year. Right. To be fair, uh, but the fact that like game design and uh, two of the bigger awards, like game design and best game, go to Vampire. So I think that that says a lot, right there. Uh, cool that Shuhei Yoshida got the Fellowship Award. Uh, he's done so much for the industry, especially the indies. That dude is like a. When you talk about like how much he's done to promote indies, and like he's like almost like an indie godfather. It's yeah, it's pretty cool that he got that. Um, Award and then Tunic also got some awards too, so pretty neat. Uh, Elden Ring did not like sweep everything here, which is very rare for last year. Uh, I'm sure you'll say that that they got it wrong. Yeah, but it's fine. <laughs> uh, did you know that they're going to add John Cena to PGA Tour 2K23? Mark, you can't see him, you know, so exactly. I mean, now you can just hit the ball and as we see this ghost right that hits it, you know, <laughs> and. I mean that's cool. It'd be, like it'd be funny if he had like super, super powerful swings or something. Yeah, I know definitely. Like uh, you know, he just does the attitude adjustment on the ball or whatever. Right. <laughs> um, 
what do you th- so i mean obviously I'm, I'm using this as a segue to talk about uh, the big news that happened today uh also by the way mark's ww 2k23 review is live on 401 as well if you want to go read that after we talked about it last week but that being said the big news obviously is that wwe and ufc have been merged under one banner of endeavor endeavor already owned ufc but so now they bought wwe and decided to merge them into one company that is worth a valued 22 billion uh which seems crazy they gotta wait for the stock market to actually do their valuation because they're uh it's a stock buy not a cash buy uh, there was a chance that the Saudis were going to buy it, yeah. but uh, Endeavor decided to buy it instead. Obviously, with an eye on the fact that Raw and SmackDown's TV contracts come up pretty soon, and also uh, the UFC streaming deal with ESPN comes up pretty soon too. So I'm a casual wrestling fan. Obviously, WrestleMania just happened, and it seems that it's getting a lot of great reviews uh, for both nights. Um, you're not. A wrestling fan, right? But, so I'm, I'm a uh, you got to review the latest wrestling game. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, like, and neither one of us are you, you know, MMA fans at all. But like, what do you think? I guess of I mean, I this think it's happening. Funny. Yeah, it's really funny because, like, you know, 20 years ago, you know, WWE could have bought UFC for like a song, and they didn't do it. Yeah, right. Exactly. That's true. Like Shane is like begging Vince to buy. He's like, "No, I'm good." And that's like, "Yeah, good choice, there, Vince." What a business business mind you are. I mean, how would he know, right? Like, that's not the thing that he, it's funny because he like had a he had a bodybuilding thing for a long time. Right. Uh, but he couldn't see the forest through the trees that MMA was gonna be huge. Or he uh, no, instead of instead of UFC, he went with the XFL. And that's like Yeah, or the yeah. Shrewd move yeah. right there. <laughs> to be fair, The Rock is kind of doing okay with it. It seems to be doing okay on ESPN, so I didn't know it was still going yeah. on. Yeah. I thought yeah, like, they, it came they back for like one week and that was it. No, the, the Rock uh, bought it from Vince and kept it going. Yeah, I know he bought it from but, Vince, but yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, they'll probably have more. If it, it depends on how much they want to integrate it or if they have more cross, you know, stars aside from like the two they have or they had. We'll see. Yeah. It's interesting just because, like, when you look at it from a perspective of, there's a lot of there's crossover, but there's also the hardcore extremes that they want nothing to do with each other. Yeah, uh, it was interesting for me as I go and well, right now I'm still going into the office uh, for at least a couple more months, and there's a large contingent of people that are fight fans that do not give one iota about WWE at all. In fact, uh, one of my good friends there was like, "I can't stand that they're with that fake shit." Right. And I'm like, do you know how similar UFC is to WWE? It's almost uncanny how much Dana White modeled himself after Vince McMahon. And now they just run it like a freaking because they have to have all these sponsors and everything. They almost wear uniforms now, which is like crazy. Uh, there's yeah. not a lot of personality. So maybe that's one thing that they can learn from each other, right? UFC can have a little bit more of that personality back. You might I mean, get some of the like having the big entrances well, and all that stuff. Again. That would assume WWE has personality. So yeah, but I mean, okay, if there's one thing WWE does well is production, right? Like when I think of any of their big events, like dude, it feels like a big event. They yeah, made, but that's because they had the 
their biggest stars on it, not just. Well, yeah, but they promote the crap out of it. They make it yeah. feel huge. Like UFC events for a long while have been feeling like, oh, okay, it's another UFC event. Oh, well, the fight is obviously a big deal, but the event itself doesn't feel big, right? Where uh, WrestleMania, Royal Rumble, they feel like these huge things that you need to go to. Sure. Uh, whatever, you know? So, like, what, what happens with that will be interesting. Um, I don't know yeah. that there's much that UFC can bring to WWE. Um, Presume, like I said, uh, more, yeah. you know, stars that look tough or, you know, that have yeah. the pedigree, pardon the pun, of being real fighters. Right. Um, interesting to see how much uh, if Vince gets any kind of control again, because now he's like co-CEO right of this new company so he's been slowly 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 getting back into things but supposedly triple h is still going to have major creative control so we'll see and the fact that wwe's yeah i mean the fact that wwe's been going up everywhere in metrics is interesting while vince has not been around which i think shows a lot of like why did this guy that owns endeavor really want vince to be around if Everything went up while he was gone. So, uh, but I don't know. Maybe there's some business things that you know Vince would be better for, or whatever that Triple H obviously is not that interested in. But we'll see. Obviously, this is going to take time. They still have to get this through all of the channels, and much like the Activision Blizzard merger, it has to pass everything, and all of that. So, uh, but it's it's interesting that it happened, and it was uh, quite the talk in a lot of places today. So. Just thought I would bring it up, but yeah, the, I don't know if there's anything else you want to discuss here for me. Not really. Or, Sign off here. Yeah. Are you watching? Are you watching Mandalorian now? Or uh no, I really haven't watched. Um, yeah, the things I'm watching, you have no. Uh, like I said, I'm I'm gonna try to watch that Tetris movie. I've not watched anything Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, in a while. Um. So I know I I I still have to watch like season one and all that stuff still um i like how are you catching up with it yep um there's like one bad episode or one really weird episode but yeah it's still good still good okay that's good that it is living up to expectations still and it's third season yeah uh well we'll definitely i'm sure we'll we'll get the analysis of the whole uh series when it how many episodes this season gonna have probably eight I think they always do eight? Just do eight or eight or ten episodes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, um, that being said, uh, I think that'll be that'll do for this week. Then uh, there are a few games coming out. Uh, I forgot to mention that the PlayStation Plus games will be out by the time we uh, for this month. That you know, or you can go grab if you have PS Plus. One of them is the new released Meet Your Maker which is an FPS where you can also like make the level. Yeah. It's like, uh, you have to, you make, you like make my mazes for people to like break into. They're trying to stop yeah. them obviously. So, you know, traps and stuff like that. Uh, Sackboy big adventure is also going to be on there, which I really loved. Uh, it was a launch game for the PS five. Uh, I mean, if you like the Sackboy games, it's another one of those. And I think they do a great job of being, you know, bringing it in, getting to show off some of the stuff the PS5 can do. Uh, It's also on PS4 if you uh, still have your PS4. And then Tales of Iron, which is a pretty decent, uh, like, Souls-like 
uh, I think it's like side scrolling, but it has a really cool art style uh, and a neat story as well. It's about like a rat. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, there's a review also on uh, Last Word on Gaming if you want to go check it out as well. Um, so there's that as well that you can get this week. Uh, Hogwarts Legacy apparently is coming out on the older consoles. Uh, we'll see. I don't know if that's going to wind up, if it's actually going to come out or if it's getting delayed. Not sure. Um, Grim, uh, Grim, Grim, Gamora once more, which is a remaster of the strategy game that came out, I think, on the PS2. Yep. Uh, vanilla, I think it's a vanillaware game. Yes, it is a vanillaware game. Uh, so it's out on Switch, PS5, and PS4. I'm surprised Jens hasn't talked about that with you because I know he's a big uh, vanillaware game. Vanillaware, I, I would yeah. assume he's he, he's interested or you know, is knowing games at all. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, Everspace 2, I think, gets out of wasn't it early access? Um, yeah, it's been in early access for like the past year and a half. So that finally comes out fully, uh, this week on the 6th for PC. So, uh, if you're one of those that has been playing Everspace, you can go try it out, uh, in full out there on I guess uh, go, PC. Finally, as well. go, finally, go review it. <laughs> yeah. I forgot you got a code for the early access. Yeah, thing. like a year and a half ago, or yeah, and you know it was fun then, but you know, at a certain point, it's like, well, the game's kind of over, or let's like, yeah, finish exactly. chapter one, wait for chapter two. It's like, uh, okay, okay, I guess I got to wait for that then. Um, and then that's kind of it. You also have that EA Sports uh, PGA Tour uh, game, which I think is like the first EA Sports PGA game in like a long time. So. Yeah, if you're itching for some golf and don't want to wait for the 2K23 game, right? I guess uh, go play that. So, yeah, uh, like I said, a lot of the stuff is kind of intermixed in this month. There's some stuff in the middle. A lot of the big stuff, or and I wouldn't say big, but a lot of the like things to be excited about is kind of towards the end of the month. So. Um, but there's a few things this week. But that being said, that's going to be it for us. Um, Hopefully you enjoyed what you heard or you watched. Uh, if you want to, you can subscribe, follow, like, whatever, ring the bell. You can get notifications whenever there's a show. Uh, remember that on WTM Network YouTube channel, you get everything we do. So uh, next week, I'm sure there will probably be a Super Mario Brothers movie review from the Radlitz folks. Uh, I'm hoping that we can at least definitely talk about it on the next episode if I've seen it. Uh, maybe Mark will have seen it by then as well. And uh, definitely we'll have uh, thoughts on the Tetris movie that's out on Apple, which all indications are that it's really good. And we'll uh, see if we have some more games to be talking about as well. Until yep. then, see you later, everybody. Later.